Hello, magic makers, and welcome back to the Metaphysical Apothecary. We are your hosts, Shannon and Megan. Hi, everyone. Also known as the Scorpio Sisters, here to explore the mysterious, the magical, and the arcane. This is part two of Subtle Bodies. We'll be discussing Subtle Bodies topic that we started back in November around the last holiday season. Yes, we're going to give you the second half of the information we have prepared because it's such a rich topic. And it's super, super important, especially during the holiday season, especially with the dumpster fire that this year has been, that we're all taking care of not just our physical bodies, but our intangible bodies as well. And just to recap, the subtle body is a seven-layer, multi-layer body outside of the physical body. It vibrates at your own personal frequency. Outside of your body, it perceives the positive or constructive energy patterns and the negative or deconstructive energy patterns before it gets to your physical body. Exactly. And there are seven layers, as Shannon pointed out, that are attached to our chakras. And the chakra system lends energy to the endocrine system. Each chakra is attached to a certain set of glands. And those glands, that endocrine system, governs all of the functions of the systems in our bodies. So when you have a vibration that comes into your body, when you get sick, more than likely that began as a disharmonious vibration in your subtle body that you can address before it becomes a physical a physical ailment that you, you have to try to heal on the physical plane. Yes. Last time we talked about tailoring your soundscape to allow for your subtle body to not be overwhelmed by jarring noise levels. Yeah, we did talk about the soundscape. When you're caring for your subtle body, what you consume, not just with your digestive system, but with your eyes, your ears, your nose, what things you touch, all of those things inform your vibration and all of those things affect your subtle body because it's a field of energy surrounding your physical body. So anything that comes into your experience touches your subtle body first. When we were talking about subtle body self-care, we talked about making sure that you're tending your soundscape, that you're avoiding sounds that cause your vibration to be jittery or juttery or anxious or to slow down and become sluggish. You want something that's going to give you that harmonious feeling in your body. We also talked about tuning your social media feeds, tailoring what you consume in terms of visual media on the television as well, because that's sound and visual. So if you're a huge fan of horror films and you've been watching a lot of those and you feel that your vibe is getting kind of icky, that's kind of clogged up, maybe switch to something a little lighter for a while and see how you feel. Diversity is a good thing. Exactly. So if you want to hear more about how to tend your soundscape, how to tune your social media for optimum subtle body health, you can go back and listen to our first episode on the topic, which aired on November 14th. I will warn everyone, it sounds as though I dominate the conversation. A lot of Shannon's audio was compromised. So I apologize if it, if it seems as though I am being dominant. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't have your own space. 
in order to have podcasts. Sharing way too many common spaces with a lot of people. Yes, you needed to steward your environment, which you're able to do a little bit better now. What about touch? When I'm especially stressed out, touching certain surfaces or putting on certain clothes can really ground me back inside my body while also bringing my awareness outside of my head. You get very in your head and you start ruminating on thoughts and that starts making your vibration jitter and touching something that you like that's pleasant to you can really pull you out of that state and bring you back. One of the things I used to love to do was play with my cat. I used to really get my hands right deep into his fur and roll him around and I would put my full face in his soft little belly and listen to him purr. So there was the added benefit of listening to a cat purr. One of the other things I really love to do is play with shaving cream. There's something about the texture of shaving cream that just really makes me feel soothed. I would probably have to say cuddling with a stuffed dragon or python that I will pull at work to try to de-stress myself. I do not like tissues with lotion. That causes jarring. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into those either. Injury. They feel they feel as though someone has already used them. I'm not into that. Yes. Yeah. The sensation either, is totally but... wrong. I will I can't I can't use them. Another touch sensation that really does vibrate well with me depending on who is the sensation of skin-on-skin -skin touch, and in particular, hugs. That sense of someone holding you close and tightly to let you know that you're okay and that everything is good, even if nothing in the world is going wrong. It's just a sense of unity and oneness in that moment, in that sense of arms wrapped around each other, hug, and being surrounded by water. Warm water, whether it's from taking a bath or it's sitting and lounging in a pool that's cool or cold on a hot summer day and knowing either way, whether it's the pool or a bath, I can dunk my head and be instantly embraced and surrounded by water and the frequency of water does allow for my frequencies to just hum with appreciation and higher frequencies themselves higher vibrations, and hot showers where the steam is filling everything up, there's water in the air, there's water falling from the faucet. I can just lose myself in the feeling of the water, the steam, and again, just feeling that sense of an elemental embrace from, from both the steam and the water falling. Absolutely. Feeling the warm water roll down your skin, that actually activates something called the mammalian diving response. And it's something that our beyond ancient ancestors, our mammalian ancestors used to do to sort of get away from predators. Even just splashing water on your face activates this response of feeling cocooned and safe inside a bubble. And that will still trigger within our brains. Well, that's really interesting because one of the first spells that I ever did on my own was a water spell that See, was meant to you keep me calm. did that instinctively without even knowing face. that there was a scientific backing to it. One of the other things we should think about when we're talking about sensory, the touch, is the clothing that we choose to wear every day. So many of us are at home and we're probably most of the time choosing to wear very comfortable clothing. clothing comfortable clothing meetings. on the bottom, business on the top, PJs on the bottom. We're dressing to be comfortable. There's definitely something to be said for separating your clothing into categories. So I actually left my office job more than a year ago before the pandemic began. And I quickly discovered that staying in my pajamas all day really lowered my vibration. It made me feel 
very depressed. It made me feel kind of grungy. I did not feel good. So I separated my clothing into categories. I wear my pajamas after I shower at night. And during the day, I'll wear a t-shirt and leggings or a sweater and joggers. But I have clothes that are reserved for daytime wear. And that gives my energy and my brain the signal, you're up, you're around, you're productive, let's go. It gives me more energy. I usually wear pajamas all the time if I can. It makes me very happy, very comfortable. For me, pajamas are my natural state of being, especially during 2020 quarantine year, because I view clothing as a multiple pieces of armor. So if I'm getting dressed, I'm armoring up for something. And that will trigger stress because I have to armor up for a reason. I'm going outside. I am engaging with strangers. I am engaging with a commute. I am engaging with a stressful situation. So during this entire time of working from home, the only times I've ever put on anything that was not a pajama is because I've had to go outside and thus armored up. So my pajamas are actually a state of relaxation. I guarantee you that neither one of us is wearing clothing that itches, that binds, or that pinches. Yeah, the only times I've actually worn a bra is because I've had to wear a bra. Right. I, I know I think I many, many people on the number, who like, are on one hand. doing the same thing. I think after all of this is happening, if we ever have to go back to wearing a bra every day, <laughs> like, this isn't I necessary. No, this is obviously not necessary. I don't care that I have to wear a little bit of an extra sweater or thicker sweater. That's exactly. fine. That's my style anyway. I'll wear an extra like layer. Sweaters. Just leave me alone. <laughs> and when we're talking about sensations on our skin, so we've talked about things that we like to touch and things that we like to wear. There's also textures that we can turn to to sort of help reset ourselves. So I was talking about enjoying playing with my cat and touching the shaving cream. This is why worry stones exist and things like stress balls that can really get you out of your head. Applying lotion to your skin too. I found this brand of lotion that I love. It's very creamy. It's got a pleasant texture to it. And I actually really enjoy putting it on my skin. So not only is my skin no longer itchy and dry, which makes me more comfortable, I enjoy the process of putting it on my skin because I like the texture of it. I definitely enjoy putting lotion on especially at night. It helps trigger a wind down to the day. And it's these little things that we do every day that we might even pay more attention to or do more often that can raise up our vibration. Just anything that makes you, that gives you that little spark of, oh, I like this. You know, really pay attention to that and dial into it. And on the opposite spectrum, if there's anything that you do that you're like, I don't, I don't enjoy this. If you can eliminate it, you should. Yeah. You should strive to live in the constructive interference energy patterns. And if you, when you can, avoid the deconstructive interference energy patterns. If you have a pair of shoes that you hate wearing because they're uncomfortable and you can get rid of them because you have other shoes you like more, you should. Marie Kondo had the right idea when she was talking about just get rid of anything that doesn't spark joy. That's a very controversial thing, but... Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. I think the reason why it's so controversial is because it may not bring That's you joy the only right reason now, that but maybe it's still necessary. says that you should keep anything. If it doesn't necessarily spark joy, but nothing else can do that particular job. Like if you have a wrench, if you have a wrench that you need to use to build mm -hmm. things and you just don't love this wrench, it has a bad association for whatever reason, but you don't have another one to keep it, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And gifting I think that's something that people forget 
in the process of decluttering because mm -hmm. decluttering can be very important to your subtle bodies as well it's not necessarily about throwing them away it's about seeing if there's anything you can gift to someone else some traditions have it where someone comes into your home and if they admire something give yes. them the thing they're admiring mm -hmm. don't do that because <laughs> i am not yep my, my stuff is mine <laughs> my dragons are my dragons <laughs> But I do understand the concept of if there's something here that does not give you that sense of joy or a higher vibration within your environment, it might do that for someone else. So there's no reason to throw it away. You might be able to gift it to exactly. someone else. And then that the, will also cause a the, the subtle bodies are very reciprocal. They're fed and they're nourished by outside influences. They're also nourished and harmonized by inner influences. It's reciprocal. So what you take in, you also bring out. That's what this whole concept is about. So when you're able to do that for someone else and bring them joy and make their vibration higher, you're always doing the same thing for yourself. That's how I understand function and interior design. Yeah, it's, it's all about making the energies flow in a beneficial way to attract what you want, whether that's just simple well-being and inner peace, which sounds simple, but it's not simple or pretty much it. And what you see in the decorated and designed home, you also can extrapolate to be the interior of yourself. That's a really interesting way to put that, see. the way that your home is sort of arranged and taken care of reflects your inner landscape. If you study feng shui, your front door is super important because that's the first place your energy will be coming to. And if the external energy comes to that front door and it's cluttered, you don't use it, you have a problem. You're going to have a problem with your career you're going to have a problem with your money you're going to have a problem right. with your family exactly. you're going to have a problem with your energy because you're not using it yeah, and if they say the state of your bed well, is the state of your head. And I find that that is very true for me. If my bed isn't made, then I just feel weird all day. I can't get my stuff together. I had to redefine what it means to have a made bed. So the traditional made bed that I grew up with, if I do it that way, I feel weird. My bed has been messed up. My nest, my lair has been messed up. If I make my bed the way the Japanese tend to make their futons, then I am more at ease because I can then quickly make it into a nest again instead of having to pull everything up and wrap exactly. it around myself in a nest-like setting. <laughs> right, and that's a really good example how of how you can kind of tailor your environment to cut down on those little stressors. You changed the way that you made your bed from the way that mm -hmm. you thought you quote-unquote should make your bed to a way that really works for you. And that makes you feel good when you look at it. Yep. And it's very easy to put back together if I just decide that, no, I want one blanket for a day nest while I'm working. I don't need the right, entire exactly. army of blankets that I happen to have on my bed. It's not like I have to mess up the entire yeah. uh, quote-unquote made bed. I just so it, pull you've one made it functional for you, which lowers your stress. There's something called decision fatigue, where if we can lower the number of decisions small decisions that we have to make in a day, it really lowers our stress and it can really feed the subtle body. It can really harmonize our energy. It can be little things from making your lunch the night before so you don't have to decide what you're going to have during the day. You just go and eat it. It can be things like just eating the same thing for breakfast every day. Maybe if you do want something different for breakfast every day, you have five or six recipes that you know you're going to make. You're not necessarily sure which day you're going to make them, but you know that you are going to make them. So all you have to do is pick one and make it. You don't have to give it too much effort. One of the other things that can be really important in an environment is smell. 
scent is very, very powerful in terms of uh, affecting your mood and affecting your sense of well-being. Extremely important. <clears throat> A lot of times you can get sick or feel nauseous just by smelling something unpleasant, nasty, and deconstructive. Mm -hmm. The opposite is also true. So if you think about a scent that you really, really hate, you're probably going to start to feel that in your body. Mm -hmm. And then if you start to think about just thinking about a scent that you love, like the smell of fresh oranges or lemons or vanilla, you're probably going to start to feel like you might feel your posture perk up. Like I started to think about the scent of oranges and my shoulders went back. I was, I was definitely picturing a fresh orange, like how you, yeah, how you pull the rind open and some of the oils burst out onto your hands and you can smell that right away. And mm -hmm. that, no, that's a pretty scent. Smells are huge for stimulating responses in the body, for triggering memory. I'm sure we've all smelled something and been immediately transported back to the third day of fifth grade. Pretty much anyone who is our age, we're both in our mid-30s, can remember what a, an elementary school textbook smells like. Sickening. <laughs> My textbooks always it. smelled like new paper. It was nice. <laughs> We never really had a new textbook in my school. It was always hand-me-downs, so, you know, it smelled like yeah. something that someone spilled on it or cooked meals for someone else's, not okay. you know, cooked meals for yeah. a year. And yeah, but you can remember what that smells like, and that made you icky in your body. It very much did. It's like, no, but no, it's we've all cool. had experiences where we walk into a room and no. we smell something that smells like a meal that our grandmother used to make or a perfume that a loved one wore or just a favorite smell from like the sunscreen from the beach. Some people really gravitate to that because they love beach bathing in the summer, you know? So when we fill our environment with things mm -hmm. that smell, that smell good and make us feel good, that's another way we can care for our subtle body and steward our well-being. So you don't have to use any scent. If your environment smells okay most of the time and you don't really notice any unpleasantness, then you don't have to. You can diffuse essential oils or you can burn a scented candle if you're feeling particularly stressed. There's it is important when you're choosing smells that there are things that aren't going to be overpowering. There are things that you're going to want to smell for a long period of time. If you smell some cinnamon stick, cinnamon broom into your home, you may love the smell of that cinnamon broom. But if you're sitting there and your eyes are watering because the smell is so strong and intense, then it might be time to put that broom in a another room or set it outside until the smell dissipates a little bit and you can enjoy it more. If any of these sensations that we're taking in are too intense, it, it has to pass through your subtle body first and it's creating all of that jittery vibration still because it's... So I live in a relatively small apartment. I have noticed that when I cook any kind of meat in here, then the smell just lingers. So cooking smells like that can just kind of linger in the air and other scents can too. If anyone has pets, you have a dog, it gets humid and the dog's bed kind of has that smell. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You're probably making a face. You know I am. Yeah. There are simple ways to 
make help that smell dissipate. Obviously, you can diffuse essential oils. We're not going to get into aromatherapy. It's not safe for everyone, and it's not accessible for everyone. So one of my favorite tricks is mm-hmm. to take a couple of capfuls of vanilla and a couple of capfuls of either peppermint extract or lemon extract. Put them in an oven-safe ramekin and warm them in the oven at the lowest setting and just let that smell diffuse through the house. And it gets rid of anything that's not good. Anything that's kind of smelly. I definitely like the scent of vinegar. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. I usually add a little Mm -hmm. bit of either a wedge or two of lemon to it. Or if I'm lucky enough, I'll find some pine Mm -hmm. branches that are fresh from the tree that's it's fallen from. I'll add that. Or I have orange. I add that to the the vinegar mix and only can I use as a marinade. If I use as a floor wash, if as a wash, I can wash the floors or wipe down the walls with it, clean the windows. That cleanses the air of microbes and the energy in your home. You're nourishing your subtle body by cleansing the energy in the home and you're protecting your physical body by eliminating any microbes that might be lingering in the air. Vinegar is an ally. Yes. Part of stewarding your scent scape is picking out your own scents. Once upon a time, and I'm sure some people still do it, women and men would pick one perfume, one cologne that they always wore, one scent that everyone knew them by. With scent triggering memories, uh-huh. that scent triggers a memory. Exactly. Um, my grandfather, for instance, always wore Old Spice aftershave. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, my dad, after my grandfather passed, my dad had one of his jackets. And for the longest time, he wore the jacket because it smelled like my grandfather's aftershave and the pink wintergreen mints. Yeah. Because that was a candy that was always in my grandparents' home. So he mm-hmm. wore that jacket for as long as it smelled like my grandfather. There's part of landscaping that you can do for your own self, for the people that you love. By curating a personal scent or a personal scent library. My curated scent library happens to be lavender, peppermint, dragon's blood, lemon. Each one of them combats something in the energy fields around me as well as in the physical body. Lavender is a relaxer. It helps release tension and to help ease headache. I'll use the peppermint for supporting my respiratory system, but I'll also use the peppermint in order to keep pests away since dragon's blood is a powerful smudge that helps move out any negative energy that's in the area. Lemon just is very cleansing and revitalizing. Mm -hmm. For me, lavender and peppermint are also very important in terms of exactly the things that you said. Headache, opening the airways. Peppermint's also good for me when I'm feeling nauseated or there's a bad smell in the house. (laughs) That's when I use the peppermint extract with the vanilla, like I mentioned before, and that changes the scent and the vibe in our apartment immediately. Peppermint is definitely a refreshing, cleansing scent to have. Having that library of scents too can help your vibration come back into alignment with itself before you even put it on because you start to get a headache and you start thinking of lavender. And so you have like the psychological component along with the physical and vibrational ones. Exactly. And sometimes having that psychological edge is necessary to stewarding your own energy, stewarding your landscape, and 
making sure that you are able to get over the hurdle of whether it's that headache or migraine, whether it's you're feeling tightness in the chest, maybe it's even the fact that you're going to be associating with people who stress you out or going on a commute that stresses you out. Having that, that library and that psychological edge can help you start the process of manifesting the energy you need in order to stay in your vibrational happy place. Yep. Exactly. Our subtle bodies are like a sponge, so they're absorbing these vibrations. And with a sponge, you can either soak up things that are good. You can soak up pure, beautiful water that's infused with essential oils and wash yourself off. Or you can soak up arsenic or dirty water or radioactive waste. So it's all about sort of what you're absorbing into that sponge in your subtle body and what you're exposing it to. And then that manifests in your physical body and those manifestations tell you something needs to change in your environment. It's telling you you are in a constructive or deconstructive or destructive interference pattern. So these are just a bunch of ways to nourish and influence your vibration. There's a lot of stuff that we've covered that is just about making your environment more comfortable, but honestly, that's what well-being is all about. It's about enjoying the space that you're in and the entities that you're in it with. Oh, nicely said. Thank you. That about wraps up our Subtle Bodies Part 2 episode. We hope that the topics that we covered in both episodes help anyone who's listening to tailor your environment, to steward that subtle body, and to just take care of yourself as best you can. We hope you'll join us next time in January when we will be talking about some other fresh and juicy topics for the new year. If you would like to access even more magical content, we are on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, as well as our website and Society6. Thanks for joining us today, Magic Makers, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Bye. Bye.